Today's episode of Juluminati Podcast is sponsored by Podcorn. And no, no, it's not a food. We've been doing Chiluminati now for a while. And if you're one of the many people out there who have a podcast, you're well aware of how headache-inducing trying to find sponsorships can be. Recently, however, we've been using Podcorn here at Chiluminati, and for my way of doing things, it is fantastic. Once you get your podcast all signed up and the RSS feed synced in there, you immediately have access to a huge site of listed current ad campaigns and sponsorships all going on as we speak. Each campaign tells you what they're looking for, the budget they're working with, how many ads they have to offer, and more. Any and all of those first basic questions when initially negotiating a sponsorship are taken care of, and you can get right to pitching your podcast as an offer directly to the company. And whether you have a podcast just starting or you've been going at it for a while and you want to explore new sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast, you can do so by signing up at the link description below. Now, on to the show. Do let's dive into it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Chiluminati Podcast, episode forty-six, which is not significant number in any way, but it's a significant episode for a myriad of reasons. Before we get to that, I am, as always, one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two friends and co-hosts, Alex Fasciane. Hello, sir. If, if you divide forty-six into two, it's the number twenty-three. Okay. The movie with Jim Carrey. Boom. <laughs> I've I've only seen like snippets of that film on YouTube and that's it. That movie is like a giant article of like JFK and Lincoln the coincidences, but it's like an entire movie of that. What? That's that is that is a accurate statement. You're right. That's what? absolutely what it is. It's literally <laughs> just like a mentalist's routine like hidden in a screenplay basically. It's so weird. Have you never that's- seen that stuff where it's like JFK was killed on the. It's like and Lincoln was that that whole thing that's like it's just all oh, coincidences. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, changing, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm changing my uh, I'm changing my bonus episode to Lincoln okay. and Kennedy coincidences. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> great, done, great. done. Which Before is a perfect there. segue into our Patreon. <laughs> Go, sell, sell us car salesmen, then we can let Jesse interrupt introduce himself. Ugh. Guys. <laughs> Jesse Cox is also here, but let me tell you where he also is. Is at patreon.com slash pod, where you can can become a patron today. And every day, you know the you know the misery, you know the sadness, you know the bad vibes of getting to the end of one of these episodes and having no more Chiluminati to listen to. Well, let me tell you what, not only this episode, but every episode we've ever recorded since we started the Patreon, there is a 15 minute, and that's that's lenient. I say I some of these are a bit think, longer than that. I was going to say, I think out of all of them, only one of them is 15 minutes. <laughs> one of them is only one of them is under 15 minutes. Let's be clear. Or that. There's a lot more Chiluminati out there, folks. It's just like the truth in the X-Files. It's out there. And you can go get it at patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod. <laughs> and you at the $15 level and above can get this those is episodes. so shameless. <laughs> it is shameless. But you know what? It worked. It totally worked. <laughs> 
we have weekly episodes now. We hit that goal super early. So thank you. Thank you to everybody who jumped over there and, and really just uh, supported the show to make sure that we can dedicate the time. Uh, really, this whole episode, this this whole series has been a, a an insane project for a while now, and I'm excited to do it. I'm particularly excited to take our other co-host along with us, Jesse, because, uh, hey, Jesse, how's it going? A and B, you aren't ready, dude. You just I, I know I know you might even think you are ready. I promise you, you are not. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know I'm ready to tell you how crazy this is. So we, I can't wait. Can't that, wait. Should be it's, fun. It's bananas. Um, This one, I mean, this one's been a long time coming. Way, way back two years ago now, maybe over, over two years ago now, uh, we did episode two on Skinwalkers. You made a lot of promises about this. Uh, I did. There's a lot of weight. I'm sweating, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> if, it, if it stinks and if I can shoot this down easy, I'm going to let you know and be real disappointed. <laughs> I expect right. this to be one of those things where it's like, don't you see, Jesse? You were the skinwalker all along. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Skinwalker Ranch, crazy or not, right? It is unavoidable that it is like the like mecca of this type of vibe. Like all the types of different <laughs> cases that we've covered over this entire this whatever you like call it. Like the, this entire like span of like two or years or so. That are you telling me that it all connects here? This is yes. This is the Pepe Everything is Skinwalker. You're not even necessarily wrong that it all connects. There's here no in a weird there, way. BS. So, Already calling so, BS. But before we did, before everything that, connects it, here. BS. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you see Alex. how the lighthouse disappearances. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Number ten Alex, will blow early your mind. On in this series, you actually you actually said in in, in an episode that Skinwalker is kind of the first step into that first deeper layer of just kind of conspiracy and weirdness. And I agree. And so those who've been with this show for a while, this is a step beyond. And so while I anticipate this to be bare minimum three episodes, I'm looking at possibly a four episode arc here. Dude, so I'm looking are, at a four episode JFK too. I'm there. So we're like, moving into this pretty heavily. And like I said, back in episode two, when we talked about it, still to this day, probably one of my favorite episodes uh, simply to have put together the lore and the stories that kind of like come along with Skinwalkers are really insane and they're really kind of cool in a, like a grim, dark fantasy sort of way. I always like imagine them as like the, e like I said uh, in that episode, like the evil druid prestige class. That's how it kind of came off. It's definitely like American McGee presents Skinwalker Ranch. Like there's yes. like, yes, it really potential. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Let's get a game out there. Let's go. Um, but during that episode, I offhandedly talked about Skinwalker Ranch and I, I said that I'll someday we would do this place as a series and I would do everything to make sure that we do it to the fullest extent possible. So baby, here we friggin' are. It's yeah. nonstop from here. Look behind uh, yourself. That's your naive self that you're waving goodbye to behind you. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's, that's the one with your third eye closed. Your that's, third your eye gravity eye, that's your gravity falls self. And you're about to walk forward and become like agent Cooper in the lodge. Like you're, you're going to dissipate going, you're going yeah, away. Yeah, you're go We're going to the lodge, and there is no coming back to yeah. normal after you go into the lodge. Twin they Peaks got canceled for like thirty years or something. But they got they got to come back, right? Eventually, and, eventually, and eventually yes. got to come back. Um, and for those of you who have never heard of Skinwalker Ranch, because we get a lot of new listeners like very recently, um, you are in for something you aren't ready for, and. If Jesse ain't ready, nobody's ready. But before we fully keep dive saying in, I'm not ready. Like, I don't know what this is. Listen, before we dive in, I need to first thank <laughs> the uh, the assistant researcher who helped me out on this one. Deanna, the very same one who helped out with the Mothman series. Uh, she's just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. 
I also want to uh, pimp our two main sources we use for research, if you're the kind to read along. Uh, the first one is the book Hunt for the Skinwalker by authors Colm Keller, PhD. Listen, he, listen, he put PhD on the book. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the script. And uh, George Knapp also wrote with that. Now, I think George Knapp is somebody both Jesse and Alex both know. Coast to coast Hopefully I am, Jesse baby. Jesse doesn't take a Jesse nap after this episode. <laughs> a Jesse nap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's mostly known as the, the coast to coast uh the, the coast One to of coast them. guy. One of yeah, them. I mean One he's I think like he's, weekends maybe sometimes. Yes. I think he's like an award winning journalist too. That's I don't what think I want to like... get into real quick because that's kind of what he's known for, right? He's kind of known for that stuff. But if you don't know uh, that that he's best known for, if you only know him as the Coast to Coast, one of the hosts of Coast to Coast AM, uh, there's a lot more for you to learn. Honestly, before George Knapp produced a TV series in the 80s that was diving into UFOs, which was kind of his first step into that world, uh, it, that's what tarnished his, many say tarnished his record and his career forever to always be kind of cast as that guy. Before that, he was insanely accomplished. He was a reporter, a co-anchor, and uh, and more. Uh, Nap had won a huge amount of awards over the years, and I'm going to list a couple right here. So Jesse and Alex, I need you to sound impressed and like really odd that George Nap. Wow! Was here we go. Two regional Edward Murrow awards. Yo, the Edward Murrow award. That's a good award. He then won the National Edward Murrow Award for investigative stories on voter registration fraud. That's a legitimate award. He won. He was a nine-time winner of the Mark Twain Award for Best News Writing from the Associated Press. That's pretty wild. 24 regional Emmys. And his 1990 series on UFOs was selected by the United Press International as Best in the Nation for Individual Achievement by a Journalist. And so that's he's, just a So sample. he's legit. He's legit. He's, he's like he's the original... He, he's like the original that guy. He is. And what's funny is that the thing that kind of tarnished his record in the 80s was the reporting of a story on UFOs about one particular man, none other than Bob Lazar. And we all now know Bob Lazar is like somebody that's been on like Joe Rogan and, and all these other bigger things. And it was a kind of a bigger story for in in. Some might even say might taken a little more seriously, but his reporting with on Bob Lazar is what really tarnished his record to start in the late eighties, which is crazy to me, uh, especially after like a, a history of the, of working in in the in the industry and winning awards like that. He's but like, the other source. <laughs> Sorry, he's like a ahead. professional. He's like a professional conspiracy theorist. Yes, he really is. Bob Lazar is that, and. I feel like there's like an odd reflection of the two in yeah. each other. It's really yeah. weird. It is kind of weird. You're not wrong. Um, the other book that we we read, and if you want to grab, grab this one too, it's called Lost on Skinwalker Ranch by Eric T. Retz. Uh, it is a a, a true a book of true accounts of a property guard on the ranch. It's pretty small, really easy read. Um, and shout out to the Discord for the patrons. They have like a book club going now. And so they're going to be reading. I think they're going to try and read along as best they can. But if you oh, all want to read along as well, we have an, uh, the, I, I don't know how hard it is to get the physical copy of some of these books, but you can definitely get the audio copy of Hunt for the Skinwalker for like 10 bucks on Amazon. So you can, you can at least attain it in some way. Um, Sweet. It, and it's an easy read and it's a fun read as well. Uh, so it's a good time. It's a good time. This will also be, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to be an interesting episode. Again, Deanna, a big shout out to her. So let's go. So Skinwalker Ranch is insane. 
while its namesake is certainly the reason uh, interest was sparked in the first place, since we, as uh, said, skinwalkers are kind of cool and wild to learn and read about in like a weird evil fantasy setting sort of way, either excitedly or maybe even disappointingly, Skinwalker Ranch isn't really about skinwalkers. It's pretty much anything but a place with skinwalkers in it. Uh, so what is Skinwalker Ranch? Well, that's the question we're going to try to answer in about three to four episodes. But I think by the end of it, even with all the context, the question might still be left in the air. But I'm hoping that when we walk away from this, there is a different context in which you say, I don't know what's going on on Skinwalker Ranch, as opposed to just curiosity, but more of, a, of, a, of more of like a, an interest in, in the happenings of the area. The ranch itself is about 500 acres of land settled deep in the Uinta Basin in Uinta County, and you guessed it, the state of Utah. It's also got a few other names it's known by, including Gorman Ranch or the UFO Ranch. And now, what I say when I say this place is insane, I, I we're gonna list a few of the things here that help me help frame as to why it's insane. Keep in mind these are a small sampling of over a hundred claimed incidents that have happened on Skinwalker Ranch, and these are just a small sample, but far from all of them. You have your typical cattle mutilations and straight up cattle disappearances, UFOs in the skies almost nightly sometimes accompanied by orbs that are flying in the sky, but also fly down to ground level. Just think about UFOs nightly. Just think Just about that. see them up there constantly. Think sometimes about reports single, nightly. Sometimes a trio of them. Sometimes uh, one that hovers for a long time and then darts out of the way. Your typical shapes, as well as weird triangular-shaped ones. And then you have glowing balls of, of light that seemingly inter in intelligently interact with the family uh, to almost like toy with them. On top of that, seeing windows, and I, I say windows with air quotes, in the sky that seem to be opening up into some other plane, dimension, realm of existence in a very psychedelic way that you would see if you were taking some things. Oh, Jesse's already shaking his head. We're not even, dude, we're not even there. It's we're like when they look there. in the water in the Wizard of Oz and they see each other. Through the water. Right. You know? Or like, no, imagine you, you're looking into the sky, right? And it's like the night sky. But there's this giant square part of it that you're seeing like this dark red sun or some of this bizarre otherworldly colors that doesn't match. Or you have light in the sky and this is like the square that's pitch black and has nothing in it. Absolutely Not to mention nothing. UFOs nightly. Almost nightly. Not, but not just think about that. Like, even if it's every other night, like right. imagine what your life would be like if you had sightings of UFOs every night. Dude, I have, I have an, I panic enough when I'm outside smoking weed, looking at a star, and I think it There's vibrates a little. problem. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's moving, it's moving. But I stare at it, hoping it might move, but it never I moves. I plead with the devil to move the star. He never does. <laughs> That's my next deal with the devil, dude. Just let but, me but I don't understand. If this happens all the time, then why aren't people out there all the time just looking up and taking photos? Well, so, it's private land. Well, okay. So, but we're going to get there. And this is, so this is, there There was a group that went out there and did investigation for months. And we're going to get to them later. They're later on. They're like episode three. For now, we're not there yet. On top of that, also, invisible objects that emit some sort of destructive magnetic field that power down things and, and burn areas of the land. 
And the final one, one of my favorite ones, and we'll talk about a few of the encounters of these, are huge animals that are not only seemingly intelligent and understand what's happening, but are also immune to bullets in some fashion. And what I mean is a wolf, for an early example that's in the book, is a wolf that is three times larger than any normal wolf that is sitting there being shot as it's trying to rip the head off of one of their new cattle on the ranch, being shot at with their guns over and over and flesh is flying off. Think Doom Eternal style. And the thing does not react to it. And it seems like it doesn't exist. And then it runs into the woods and they track it, following its tracks through the mud because it had recently rained. And then the tracks just end. Gone. They lose the thing completely. That's the kind of Sample. I mean, that sounds pretty skinwalkery to me. Right, but a skinwalker is a person. Right. That's the difference. This is more of like a, a weird cryptid. And skinwalkers are people who feed on fear and are, you know, can you know, are, are uh, vulnerable to silver and all this other stuff. Yeah, this is like the inciting incident of a horror movie, what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's insane. Shooter! Like, and, literally. And the thing is, like, a lot of these things m- might seem disconnected on the surface. Like, what does one have to do with the other? But all of them have this bizarre, weird, you know, constantly claimed rather bizarre, weird intelligence behind them that they like the things knowing they're interacting with these people, but they're not quite right. Something's always off or wrong. And we will get into that when we talk about the family and their personal experiences when they lived on the ranch for the year and a half, I believe it was before they sold it and just left the place. Um, And we'll talk about them next episode. But maybe hearing this next bit is also unsurprising after hearing all of the above. But many, many, many people believe that this area of land, the basin, the Uintah Basin specifically, is cursed. And since we're going to be going weekly now, I want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence and bringing about uh, as much detail as we can. So I don't say all this to dangle all that stuff above to like in front of you and tease you, the listeners and stuff, and then yank it away. But we're setting a groundwork as to why it's so important we talk about the history of the Uintah Basin and where people believe if this is real, some of this might be coming from. Because another thing that it's called, while it's not necessarily always called a curse, is a flap. And I've used the term flap before, specifically talking about UFO flaps. And a flap is like where an area of geographical land where constant sightings of ufos happen over a very specific period of time a part of the world where the barrier between is thinned (laughs) in some way and in and following that particular quote a lot of people believe and after i've done my reading if i was to say it's one thing over another it definitely feels like it's what's thin flap of reality that there's something on the other side that is kind of like leaking into our world and intelligently interacting with us and, and exploring things. Because a lot of the, like the wolf story, for instance, it's like it understands what a wolf looks like, how it's comprised like physically and like, you know, how, how it's made physically out of material and stuff, but like doesn't understand pain. It doesn't really feel pain because it's not really all here and things like that. And in the UFOs, again, UFOs are, are people claim, you know, some people believe they come through thin veils of reality. Jesse, don't, 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 don't fall out on me yet here. We're just I'm not talking. falling out. You're, what you're talking is gibberish, but I'm not falling out. <laughs> well, okay. The things, for- you're, the things that are coming out of your mouth are like, you're asking me to take logical leaps, which is fine. I'm, okay. I'm I'll jump with you, but me, before none of it's jump, based in science fact. I'm just letting you know. Jump, before we jump, 
a UFO flap is nothing more than an area where UFOs are seen commonly, like a lot. Right, it's nothing time. more than that. It's nothing even more than that. A place well, like for Phoenix UFOs okay, hang out. Like, the Phoenix Lights would be an example of like a UFO flap where a fuck ton of people saw the same thing yeah, on the it's same like, night. It's like it's just like a it's like a flurry of activity and look look yeah lo- a localized place. flurry of very particular activity. And this has or so flap. Much... Yeah. <laughs> yes, like a flap exactly. Yeah. Um, but but it's important because like I really do walk away from this feeling like it's it's so much of everything. There's also like poltergeist activity in their house and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we won't be able to cover all of it. It's just too much. Um, but there's so much of it. Just it's everything in one spot. And it's really bizarre and very, very rare for that to ever even be like to ever even happen. Now, whether we believe the family or not, that'll be something I think we talk about much more in, in episode two, because we're going to rewind and go further back. We want to talk about, like I said, the history of the region. The area in question is Uintah County in the heart of the basin. It's about 44,000 square miles and more than uh, 25,000 people actually live there. They are on average primarily Mormons, but a tenth of them, a tenth of the population is still Ute Indian. It's a mostly ranching and farming economy with livestock, hay, alfalfa, and all that kind of stuff down there. Fun fact, geologists describe this area as, quote, unusually rich and uh, an unusually rich source of hydrocarbon bearing materials how does and, that how does that happen oh well, we're about to get there okay and uintah county officials refer to the area as dinosaur county what do those two have in common it basically means a bunch of dinosaurs died there and there's a hell of a lot of oil there's a ton of oil in the basin second fun fact there's a geographic feature known as skinwalker ridge that has a symbol carved on it, discovered by uh, Tom Gorman, one of the uh, family members on the ranch, that some to believe b- to be Masonic in origin. Nobody really knows. And when you Google um, Skinwalker Ridge carving, I could not find it. My Google foo is either terrible or there's no picture. There's just a lot of other pictures that end up popping up uh, and stuff from there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, again, just kind of a weird situation. Now, the, the real tragedy of the area is what we're going to talk about very briefly here as well as we kind of push on. Uh, of, of course, we were not the first ones to settle there by any stretch. As we said, the Ute native people were the first to live there uh, and they le- lived in the basin and it was inhabited by them then and is still inhabited by them uh, for over 12,000 years. Then along came the white man who entered the basin with the Spanish expeditions led by fathers Dominguez and Escalante in the 1770s, which would then shortly be followed by an expedition about 100 years later by the then leader of the Mormons, Brigham Young, in the 1860s to see if they could take their people there to settle because they were having some recent trouble trying to fit their new little religion into normal society and people kept throwing them out to the point where the original, uh, the the originator of Mormonism, John is it John Smith? I think is his name, right? Like it's, it's John Smith. Yeah, the, he got the main dude. He got shot. Yeah. He got shot yeah. and killed. He got killed, and so now they're trying to get out of here. So they got they they uh, bring him young in the 1860s, sent an expedition out to this area. I've seen Book of Mormon. Please, I get it. I haven't seen Book of Mormon actually. I've never it's seen this Book whole story. If you want to know, but yeah, song yeah, to I'm song. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, there's like another half of the story. That's right, like right, 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 right. But about like, missionaries, yeah, yeah. So they were you having know. issues, and they were just looking to get away. And where else do people get away in this time than west, where there's like no law at all? 
Uh, but Salt <laughs> funnily Lake enough, City. but funnily enough, the initial reviews from the uh, from the expedition were bad, so they just moved on elsewhere. They were they like, ah, up. fuck it. Yeah, they showed up. They're like, mm, one star. No, nah, this you. seems sus. Let's get out of <laughs> yeah, here, boys. I'm not, I'm not into the area. I'm not staking the church on this. <laughs> Fair enough. But unfortunately, uh, that wouldn't be the last time in the uh, in the U Indians' lives that they would be affected by Mormon decisions. As the following year, in 1861, President Abraham Lincoln established the Uintah Indian Reservation that essentially was the entirety of the basin. And this was done because the Mormons were having conflicts with the other native Utes that were living 150 miles away out in Provo Valley, in the Provo Valley region. So all the native Utes there were forced to march 150 miles east to the basin where they would now, uh, where they would now end up living, where other native Utes already were living. So they sent them to make like a buffer zone? So, they, so the Abraham Lincoln just said, okay, this area is now the reservation. Every, now the Mormons who were having problems with the Utes will just take all the Utes and move them to the basin so the Mormons don't have any more problems. Damn. And that was like their first shift uh, of natives out that way. But unfortunately, that wasn't the end. In 1880, the Mormons once again would return and stay this time, encroaching further into their land, but giving them less land to operate on. Unsurprisingly, the story doesn't even end there because five years later in 1885, the miners, miners then began to move in and prospect their lands, which was at the time incredibly illegal because it was considered conserved land, reservation, etc. But it's like mining in a national park or something. Yeah, basically, but right? three years later, all 7000 acres of land that the prospectors had wanted was then flipped to public domain and they could do as they pleased. So they were already mining on the land, and then they eventually bought it? Yeah, it like well, eventually the government flipped it over to public domain. And that time, it just meant it was lawless and not, you know, like a, a reservation. Oh, or, you can or just do whatever the fuck you want on it. You can do whatever the hell you want on the land. And so the miners, like, they were mining and prospecting anyway. And then the government just basically said, okay, whatever, just do it. That is crazy. Yeah. All right. And, and again, the land already at that time is, is you know, well, it was inhabited. It, we, obviously, we took it and we know how that story goes. You know, we learn it over and over again. But it's important, again, to remind ourselves it was happening literally all over the U.S. It was happening. So the line, so the line we're trying to draw here to Skinwalker Ranch present day is that is this, how this the is, land became, quote unquote, cursed. It's like or, abandoned tribal land. Yes, exactly. Got it. okay. it's, it's like that kind of thing. Um, moreover, if we rewind to the 1770s, talking about uh, the initial people who showed up, Fathers Dominguez and Escalante, uh, they would they journaled their exploration up this way, and they would talk about seeing giant fireballs in the sky often and such. Uh, and so whether that is just, you know, we're, whether it was just a meteor or something that came through the sky. Did they say we, it was almost nightly? It happened more than once, but not almost nightly. <laughs> Could be, happened, same, think, saying, times, could be the same. Two or three times. Could be the same UFOs. Uh, so, but that, but that's well. That's the prevailing theory. Is that I guess the way he describes them, how big they were, it would be surprising if it was a meteor. But we will never really know because he could have just had like, who knows? You know, just kind of just had a very romantic night or something. Fuck, who knows why he saw it the way he saw it? But uh, it's it, if if what's said on Skinwalker Ranch is true, then there might be ties that go all the way back. Uh, to the 1770s prior to that. Um, during that whole time, though, uh, a whole new reservation was also set up on the land in 1881. So rewinding a little bit more, 
to hold all the Utes that had been then ousted that what would eventually become Colorado. So in 1881, during all that time, they were cramming more natives into one small basin area, sparking even more potential for conflict. They were the U.S. government is already worried that they were going to attack the U.S. on their march over there. They didn't know if that gathering them all into one area would spark conflict amongst uh, within the natives themselves, or if they would try to rebel and, and reclaim their land. Uh, and this was uh, clearly a concern for the U.S. government because in 1886 they sent Major Frederick Benteen with the Ninth U.S. Cavalry to establish an outpost uh, where the Uinta and the uh, Chesney Rivers end up meeting. Which means 75 cavalrymen, which were the famous Buffalo soldiers uh, that we all know, and the 150 the white, song. yeah, yeah, it's really good, and 150 white infantrymen who arrived first prior to all of that. And according to a formal tribal police officer, the land that the Utes live on today, right now, is a former graveyard for fallen Buffalo soldiers. So that conflict resulted in those Buffalo soldiers dying? They, they had conflicts with them. And so the Buffalo, but also for the Buffalo soldiers that ended up dying out in the wilds, maybe scouting or whatnot. I it see, was just so like they just bring around for there. dying. It was for just dying, a general purpose cemetery. Like a grave. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the, the word graveyard to me seems like mystical in some way. Um, I don't know. I always think well, just I because of like, like what comes along with the thought. Like when you say like it's a graveyard, I imagine like everybody who was there died there. But I, I don't know why. If you told me it was a cemetery, I would never think that. But I don't know why. I don't know why the word graveyard like conjures up like magical dream worlds for me. Huh. Is it like a happy dream world? Must like, be the ranch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, just, it must be the ranch. <laughs> it must be the ranch. It was the ranch sending those dream world vibes. I love way. that you were like, is it a happy dream world? This graveyard that you <laughs> No, I was just hey, imagining what? like I, I was, was best friends with a goth kid for a long time. All right, you know. Well, I believe you were just that. Like, I believe you were that. You're just like it yeah. became. It, they, <laughs> they said that this this land was a graveyard of buffalo soldiers, where where the Utes live now today. Right, yeah. and I, I I was imagining that you were saying like one day somebody killed all the buffalo soldiers. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. And then no, they no, buried no. them and then lived on top of them. No, that's what we do to the natives. Yeah, Alex. that's exactly Please. what we did to them. We herded them from what was a Colorado and then further north into one little area and forced them to yeah. stay there. And we definitely, definitely made up for it later in life. I'm just imagining Casinos, some, I think, like... worked that all out, right? We, we're, where's fair and square? <laughs> yeah, we're fine. You're, it's everything good. Everything yeah, I'm just imagining fine. some like movie that's like a Ute film about like ghostly like cavalrymen showing up and they're like, you didn't move the bodies <laughs> <laughs> yelling at them. <laughs> it's why we can't rest. Uh, despite the outpost being there, however, the land was actually still considered very, very lawless. It was public domain, which meant that it was prime real estate for all kinds of businesses from all kinds of ne'er-do-wells from brothels to saloons and more. And they all set up in one little area, bringing together white people, black people, Native Americans, miners, soldiers who, quote, were not supposed to be there. It was against the rules for them to go visit this area known as the, 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 the Chesney Strip. Um, it also attracted a bunch of different prostitutes and outlaws. Big ones, too. Butch Cassidy actually showed up there to hide out, as, as did Elsie Lay. Uh, they actually both hid out in this area. All on the same land. In the same, the same, the Chesney Strip, where all the saloons and brothels popped yeah. up in this lawless land. 
That's where they uh, that's where they got to freaking hang out. I thought that was super dope. Butch Cassidy is super. It's a fun story. It's just crazy how it being this like, this like place and then becoming all these different things is just because one dude was like, "All right, that's the spot now," and then everybody was just like, "Okay." Yep, and well, it, right, like you, you say, like you, you, we helped, we gave them a reservation to establish it for themselves. When in reality, what we said was, "This land's ours now," but we kind of feel bad, so you can have this spot. Yeah, exactly. And it's ridiculous, and it should never have happened. Obviously, and it's an, and it, it's it's a tragedy that it happened in the first place. Well, it's just crazy that it was like the government did it. It like removed a tribe from their like ancestral lands. And then on top of that, instead of it just being like 200 years later, somebody built a house on it. It's like, no, from that point onward until now, there has been like activity on this on this ancestral land, which is like, you know, if we're setting a precedent for like, you know, later paranormal activity, you know, I feel like that's important to like to like mention. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, and it's it's bizarre. It's fun to know too of the Chesney Strip and this weird like kind of wild America that popped out. Uh, fun other fact: in nineteen, uh, there was a, a a place between the strip and the the uh the river where there was like a little ravine where they would just huck their bottles. Everybody would just huck all their bottles, and it eventually became uh, known as Bottle Hole, and still is called Bottle Hole to this day. Is it literally a hole? It's a ravine that that everybody just tossed their bo- beer How bottles. How filled with in. bottles is it? Now this interests me. Is it, is it like a lot of glass down there, or is it it's, empty in time? Today, to put the bottles away? so today, Bottle Hole covers 420 acres, blaze it, and a, a pop, it's a popular fishing spot. Oh, all right, not that's cool all it anymore. is now. Is Wait it like a minute, Animal Crossing it's a popular fish fishing spot. Comes out. Time yeah, out but- on this Death Ranch. It's a popular fishing spot. It's no, just on just the land. This, this area in the basin, the basin, the, la- the the ranch is in the basin, but it's not the size of the basin. The whole basin is believed to be no bueno. Don't go there. You're <laughs> like, you know, you know, but the 25, people, people it's got good there. fish, but it's also the thing is like, if you do research on this, I, I, first of all, I'd love to fish there. I think that'd be super, super It's not fun. scary in the daytime. Like, you no, know, yeah, exactly. But no, you have to understand that this part, this area, Skinwalker Ranch, this Uintah Basin is known as part of an area that's known as much like there's Tornado Alley. There is UFO Alley. And this hits that area because there's in that area, there's a, Honey UFO sightings over there. An enormous number of them. Aliens exist, Jesse. Just <laughs> let me have this. The thing, the thing that is crazy about Sky uh Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker, Skywalker Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, the thing that's crazy about Skywalker Ranch is that George Lucas lives there. Uh no. Uh it's just crazy because I, I don't know what you're imagining, but it's very like like orange soil rocks and brush. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of the times people imagine when you talk about paranormal events happening in the wilderness, you're imagining like almost like New Orleans looking shit happening, like swamps and trees. And Skinwalker Ranch is like, you know, it's a popular fishing spot in this basin because it's like a big, flat, open, wide. Yeah. It's gorgeous, though. Like, it's beautiful. Uh, to, to kind of just seeing pictures of that area, it's really really nice. Um, but that kind of like that that history of the that tragedy. Then there comes the rumors out of that that I don't want to kind of touch on too too much because there's very little evidence that a lot of these uh, supposed things happened. These encounters between the Utes and the uh, and the 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 cavalry and stuff. I personally don't doubt that there was interchanges between them and there was battles and stuff. But there's all kinds of like rumors about 
these ceremonies that the Utes did with the captured uh, soldiers that they had to curse them in the land for, you know, however long by slitting their throat or removing limbs and and like ripping out their bowels. That stuff to me comes across as like way too popcorn flicky 1990s and almost like how is it not every newspaper, every like every story to its degree. Remember, the outpost is literally how many hundreds of miles away from civilization there's like they're at a small outpost and they're not allowed to go to the out the the area beyond out out to the strip and stuff and there's they're only there to kind of keep the peace i'm not saying it's not possible that shit happened and didn't really hit the newspapers till either way later or way later than it mattered but i don't know if i yeah like you said i don't know if i believe like the weird rituals that ended up happening it just seems it just seems so specific and like detailed for like something that there's no like establishing of in the record at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That type of stuff. It's always so hard because it makes these places seem crazy when they're, when the stuff that is, when the stuff that is really like unexplainable that happens here, that's, you know, that is, that is mentioned is really interesting. It, it, this type of the stuff is weird because it kind of like ruins the reputation of these kinds of places. Yeah. And like, it's while they're kind of like fun stories to tell in like a popcorn kind of scummy sort of way, at the same time, too, like it's all to these stories are coming from people that are like, well, I know somebody who knows a Ute whose grandma told them the story of like how it all happened and whatnot. And it's like, you know, whether that's even believable or not in the first place, because everybody lies on the Internet. You know, that's so I don't want to give too much uh, time or attention to them. But beyond that, that alone with with what they did and relocating them and forcing them to live in this kind of really small, unbearably kind of weird area that only has very little type of farming to it moving them hundreds of miles away, forcing them to the march uh, is tragedy in and of itself, which brings us up to more modern day stuff and Skinwalker's Ranch personal little history. We already talked about the size and what the sightings and stuff that have happened at the ranch, but the ownership of the ranch is also a story in and of itself because for the most part, it was only owned by an elderly couple, an unnamed elderly couple that we don't, we do not know who they are that owned the ranch from sometime in the 1950s all the way to 1994. As far as we know, they never actually lived at the ranch. They simply owned it and they would visit it once a year to do um, like fence checkups and stuff. And they only had workers work the ranch occasionally, but they never really put any money into it. Then in 1990, the fall of 1994, that's when the, and we're going to call them the Gorman family just simply to, for namesake, because they do change the name in the book and uh, even though I think the real name might be known, I don't, I don't want to really worry or risk it. Uh, but the family, the Gorman family bought this ranch in 1994 in the fall of it. And they owned it for 15 months. So they owned it for a year and, and three months uh, before they ended up selling it again. Uh, and then uh, from then, then they're the people we're going to be talking about in episode two. After that, uh, they sold it to Robert Bigelow, the founder of the National Institute for Discovery Sciences in 1996. For $200,000, which would be about $3.3 million in today's money. Not bad. Uh, no, not bad at all. Uh, this this little institute he had, the National Institute for uh, Discovery Science, was privately owned research institute founded in 1995 to study fringe science in other para and supernatural events, such as ufology. So that, to answer your question, uh, Jesse, that's what we talk about in episode you know, three, like those people who kind of bought it and, and sure. study there. It became defunct in 2004, however. <laughs> um, then the, it was kind of like left in this purgatory. The Skinwalker Ranch was kind of left up in the air. And then in 2016, 
it was bought up by Adamantium Holdings, a shell corporation of unknown origin in 2016. When Named it was- after the metal that Wolverine's claws are made of. Yeah. I'm looking this up. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm going down this rabbit hole. By yep. all means, do it, continue. dude. It's a Adam- whole Adamantium other- Holdings? Adamantium Holdings, a shell corporation of unknown origin in 2016. When it, I'm going to read the next little the next little bit. When it was purchased by the corporation, all roads leading to the ranch have been blocked off, the perimeter secured and guarded by cameras and wire, and surrounded by signs that warn uh, warn to aim people to prevent them from approaching the ranch. Can I shut up? Shut up! <laughs> Are you? I want I want everyone to know this. I want everyone However, to know this right say, now. Last month. <laughs> so I typed in Adamantium Holdings. Yeah. And uh I was like, okay, you know, maybe we'll get some information. Mathis, I have a question for you. Oh no. Are you involved in any way? <laughs> no. Be honest with us. I'm because not. I what? typed in Adamantium Holdings uh-huh. and the first listing is the connection between Bob Lazar and Skinwalker Ranch, and it says there's no information about Adamantium Holdings. The second listing on my Google search. Again, never typed this in before. I have no cookies, nothing. Oh, no. With how excited Mathis seems about Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch, and it links to the Reddit Illuminati podcast page. That's number two. <laughs> That's number two. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I didn't do anything. Are you sure you're <laughs> not involved? Are you sure That'd this isn't so a long con for I... Adamantium Holdings where you're like, guys, I hear they've got great products you just burst my bubble dude now if that's the case i gotta edit this out yeah what's all that what's all the x-men memorabilia i see on the shelf behind (laughs) (laughs) no no turn the camera off (laughs) dude that's wild i did not know that yeah um because in march holdings because in march of 2020 aka last month brandon isn't fugal this tells you how often we were how recently we were still researching this thing brandon fugal a 46-year-old 40, real estate magnate revealed he was the owner of the ranch. And I actually have a photo of him right now, and who he looks this? like somebody who would own the ranch. What's his name again? Brandon Fugal. F-U-G-A-L. Current, he is the current owner of Skinwalker Ranch. The name Skinwalker Ranch was fired, filed for trademark in 2017 through Justia Trademarks and officially given the trademark in 2018. So this is the guy f- this is the guy from the show. I haven't seen the show, but he's he's one of the guys that's on the show. Oh, the wow, new Skinwalker like, Ranch like show that just came out. Man. Yeah, I haven't watched that. I have not watched that. No, I've just seen the commercials. I haven't watched the it, show yet. Yeah, either. it literally started this year, I think, right? It started like t- a week ago or something. Uh, yeah, he's very rich. Yes, he is very rich. Dude, he's just buying shit all the time on Collier's. Well, there dude, you he's buying like $2 million buildings. Yeah, he's a real estate magnate, dude. Tennessee, Florida, Florida, Arizona. Dude, this guy is wheeling and dealing. Is he, is he buying all in UFO uh, Valley? Apparently, uh, he was he is or was the number one commercial real estate agent in Utah. Well, there you go. Damn, I'm talking. There's like ten pages of purchases by him. I believe this is that. insane. He owns a lot of shit. 
That's crazy. He also is a giant nerd. He has a giant Han Solo frozen in carbonite. <laughs> so that's you know, if, you're willing to inv- if you're willing to invest in a giant life-size Han Solo, you are, you've got money and you are a giant nerd. And this guy You, own, you already own a company called Adamantium Holdings in that case. Yeah. yeah. It's true, man. Uh, it's wild. There's also like stories uh, that one of the ways that things were cursed in this is that an actual, and again, one of the origins of the name Skinwalker Ranch is an actual Skinwalker witch cursed the lands after the white man came and started, uh, and that she specifically weakened the veil between our reality and the reality of whatever, and that uh, the the permanent curse that lays across the basin will never be lifted and, uh, as long as that we're around, etc., like, that's the kind of thing that you can read in, like, the, the Hunt for the Skinwalker book that if you want, like, that idea of, like, where it comes from. Me, specifically, I really wanted episode one to be much more about the actual history of it so that when we dive into the insanity stuff next mu- next week, uh, it's, it's uh, you can understand, you can kind of come at it from someone who understands the, the, the history of the area as a whole. That's I'm it trying to cross-reference Brandon Fugel with Mike Martin, see what I can figure out. Uh, you're not going to find anything, dude. I don't <laughs> oh, like is it covered up that easy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, man. If Adamantium Holdings got covered up that easy, he got covered up. He can cover it up just that easy. So well. even, okay, so even just, even just right now, right? Let's yeah. like, let's forget about any of the crazy like shit about the wolf or any of that shit, any of the like magic elements of this. Uh-huh. At the very least, we're talking about land. That has been in demand or in use by Americans pretty much as soon as we could get it. As soon as we came into contact with it, we wanted it. It has oil. There's a ton of oil. Yeah, there's yeah. a fuck ton of oil It has there. oil. It has some kind of crazy, like, soil, right? There's something, some element in the type- soil. It's just a, oh yeah no good the 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 hydrocarbonated uh what you call it like it's just yeah exactly basically it helps make the soil a different like different kind it's just what is that is that like is that like valuable it's just a scientific term for an area that has a fuck ton of oil <laughs> like that's the scientific okay I see term so that's just like the signifier for oil yes exactly All an right. unusually rich source of hydrocarbon bearing materials and it was owned by one people one family for like fifty years. Oh, the ranch itself was owned from the 1950s to 1994. Yeah. Then it was owned by the Gorman family for 15 months, and then and they, they were like, left. "Fuck this!" They they bounced exactly. The whole family left, and that's that's this family of four, I believe, maybe five that lived there. They left, and then it was bought by this guy. Uh, well, then it was bought, you know, by the Adamantium Holdings and stuff, and then which kind of was this owned. guy in secret? Yeah, which is this guy here. So he was buying the ranch in secret, and then super secured it. Yeah, and now there's a show about it. And it has oil. And he's on the show. Well, the basin is oil rich. Right. But does does is the ranch does the ranch have oil on it? No, I believe he took the ranch. So he if my my theory about this particular guy is he simply saw money in the ranch. And I think right. that's why that he bought it and he just like money in like a television special. Right. Uh, in some fashion. I don't know if he did any research. I have no idea if he actually did anything. Uh, with the ranch specifically, um, I, I guess that's being told in the in the series right now. But I I'm not watching it. I I didn't want to watch the series and do this. Yeah, no, I'm saving it time. till I'm saving it till after we're done. I'm gonna watch it. But yeah. it has the vibes. I saw the trailer and it has the vibes of like um, the Oak Island show. I don't know if you've seen that, where they, they they you know the Oak Island hole. Maybe that's a mystery Jesse can do one day. 
Uh, so it's, it's like- gonna. So yeah. So the show where they plant uh, stuff and then are like, we discovered a thing. I mean, that- they don't really. I mean, they just like dig a hole in the ground, basically the whole show. Uh, but I don't. I'm I'm interested to see if this show ends up being more documentary in nature or more like a reality show about a team of guys trying to figure something out. Yep. Because I I I don't know which it is, but kind of has that vibe, and I'm and I'm worried that it's going to just destroy the reputation of this place. But we're yeah. gonna we'll see. Yeah, we're we're gonna go into it just simply looking at the Gorman family's experiences. Then George Knapp and his read that he went in there and did research with the team of scientists and what they found. And then the theories of the, in, there's a whole, there's so many fucking theories on this place. It's bananas. I would love if I could get into this place. I, if I could go there and spend like a, a few nights. You can't would, now. It's part no, of the TV show. Well, maybe I am him, and I'm just trying to lead us in the final episode to if let you, you all If know. you are a billionaire <laughs> buying up real estate, hook a guy up. <laughs> I'm a billionaire and I'm like Patreon thank you for joining just our Patreon here's backyard. the thing billionaires would don't pretend billionaires would be like I need the cash <laughs> just give me a little backyard I can run around in right? somewhere just I can grow some dogs you know what I'm saying yeah uh, and ladies yeah that's it that's the, that's the setting man that's the setup for diving into Skinwalker Ranch and the actual experiences happening there which is going to be um, I, I can't wait how uh, much is false. known about that Not original true. family from the fifties? Nothing. 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 That's Zero. that's a big. That's, that's they're a big... unknown unknown couple that owned it. We don't when know did who reports they are. of paranormal activity start. Well, we have the like the ones in the seventeen seventies from the journal and whatnot. Uh, but it was uh, after the Gorman family moved in. Yeah the the family that that left lived there that took the ranch because remember the the old couple only showed up like once a year to do things nobody actually slept and lived at the ranch while the old couple owned it I still want to know what they were doing I still want to know what that what they did for fifty years because even in the it's probably 1800s, the most boring answer dude it's probably just like they owned land that was either family inherited and they just didn't want it anymore because they didn't want to fly out there anymore or whatever no I would still love to hear about it just because I. I mean, I don't. I know it's probably like impossible to find info on them, but I'm just it, the reason it's interesting to me is because they owned it for 50 years. Yeah, and they the owned next it for people. The next people that bought it were out in less than two. Yeah, uh, a, mo- a year and three months they were in and out. And this there's is stories be... of them being like him trying to hunt one of the orbs through the woods, and every time like he don't goes spoil looking, it, don't oh, spoil oh, it. Fuck, fuck, fuck! I want to talk. Don't about spoil. It. Right, Look, it's your you're the one who wants to split this up into different episodes. Yeah. No, because I if I go into that, it'll be literally it'll be another hour, hour and a half. I can't do that. I can't do three hour apps. We just can't do it. So, or two two hour apps. We'll 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 package that up in a nice package of a one one half hours next week. Uh, that's it. That's where I'm wrapping it up. I'm uh, right. I'm even more excited to keep going, dude. I am. Look, this is one of the most interesting mysteries to me because of how active but not just active just how weird everything is at this place and i i i know that i'm hyping it up a lot but honestly like it like what we said at the beginning of this episode of like everything kind of coming together all the big things that we've touched on yeah, everything like all the weird paranormal stuff from ghosts to UFOs. I don't believe this. Cryptids. I don't believe this is. I, you're telling me this one spot is like all right. So the go. This is like the Olive Garden of ghosts and Bigfoots and aliens and like they all listen, come together, eating Jesse, good in the neighborhood or whatever. I, listen, getting I love salad you, and breadsticks. 
You're that telling is me this is what happened? The this... original Monster yeah. Mash that that guy yeah. saw when he wrote the song. <laughs> yeah, that's what he, he came to Skinwalker Ranch, and that's how he wrote the song. He was like, no, what a. Episode one was for you, dude. This was, all, this was all facts, history, you know, a, a general straight, because next episode, uh, you, the, those go away. All I don't that, even believe that, that most of this was facts. I'm going to be real with you. What are you, what are you This is all oh, facts. This I is don't know that I believe half of this is being facts. I, oh, okay. I think I confused it in the middle when I, when I was talking about graveyards, but I... I, I <laughs> I understand you, now. I, I you, thought you meant you that they turned it into the wrong a vibe. Buffalo Soldier graveyard, but I realize now that what you're saying is that the Buffalo Soldiers who were stationed there just buried their dead there. <laughs> yeah, I get exactly. that now. I see Buffalo that now. Buffalo graveyard. Yeah. It's <laughs> the bottle hole in the basin. <laughs> Put your bottle there when you're fishing. <laughs> We will be back next week. We got to go record an Aliens episode for Patreon. in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those who are wondering, uh, as this as this episode, this fifth minisode goes up on Patreon, the other bundle of four are being the other four are being bundled together and being put out as an episode. So you'll be seeing that uh, upcoming, and then this episode will be patron exclusive as well. And basically, once we're once we have a bundle ready, we'll kind of go in that order from yeah, here on. Just out. to be clear, there is no you're not missing out on anything if you're not paying money. Correct. Eventually it will all come to you. But right now, immediately after this, if you're on Patreon, uh we there's a version of this that just continues for another 15 to 20 more minutes where we actually do more talking about stuff in the news, but I changed mine just now at the beginning of this episode from this guy in India to <laughs> Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy, and we're going to talk about it today. Just oh now. Patreon.com oh slash Illuminati pod. Yeah, yeah. We're almost there. If we get to the $7,000 tier, we hire a researcher full time. That's our next goal. Go check it out. There's all kinds of fun rewards. We'll researcher is like one. a relative term. You mean like person who read a book or two? Well, no, it's still research. Person if, even, if is... the, even if the book is false, the researcher still had to read that shit. No, but you're, on you're, top right, of that, you're right. You're right. On top I'm... of that, both of my both of the people that are that volunteer research, they're both like they do read like one's a cancer researcher and the other one is in England doing. Wait, like... well, time time out. Yeah, time yeah, out. Yeah, dude. When they know. could be saving all of us, they're like, <laughs> I'll read up on this Skinwalker shit. You <laughs> are a you are health epidemic. You're a problem. The, 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 Judy's working. That's Judy. She's working on uh, the next big one after after Skinwalker. Judy, uh, don't Judy. Deanna's you are, you are we, so much better than this. She's earning her her master's degree. She's like does research. You're like, both so around. much better than this. You Listen, don't. Oh my god. I play god. Final Fantasy VII, and some people read fifty books about UFOs. You know, it's everybody's <laughs> got to do something to 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 take the edge off. You know what I mean. <laughs> Exactly. If you want to reach like uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter, Jesse Cox for Jesse, Fasiana A for Alex, and Mathis Games for myself, and Chaluminati Pod for the uh, podcast as a whole. Subreddit as well by the same name, Chaluminati Pod. R slash. And we crossed 1,100 Or just look up Adamantium Holdings because it's legitimately right there. It's apparently right there. It is. It is. (laughs) Google Adamantium Holdings. We're right there. ChaluminatiPod.com. Find us out. Hell yeah. And uh, if you review for us, we just crossed 1,100 reviews. Thank you so much. We appreciate that greatly. Let's keep on, uh, keep those rolling. If you guys listen, drop a review for us. It does a great deal. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you very, very much. Adamantium Holdings. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.